Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, Bruce Ulrich, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me is Ethan Carter. Hey, bud. Hey, hey man. What's going on? I wanted to get the mention in early. I figured... Yeah, I know. That might be a record, but... That's it. We can't get it in any earlier now. So, Bruce, <laughs> you've now been mentioned as early as is conceivably possible in the podcast. There you go. Oh, that's I've, great. I, to- I forgot who I told I was going to do that, and they just started cracking up. They're like, so you've got to do it, and you can't tell Ethan you're going to. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's... <laughs> I was I was trying really hard. I think I even giggled, but I was trying really hard not to laugh and let you finish your intro. So. Uh, it's and it's funny because as I was as I was getting ready to come into the office and do this, mm-hmm. I was like, "Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna do it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna do it just because it's funny." That's awesome. Sometimes you got to go for the funny. Exactly. Exactly. So how was your week, man? It's good. I mean, I, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. I won't. I won't lie. I'm a little kind of scattered all over the place, just between Workbench Con and then California, and then coming back and catching up. And it's been it's been a lot. Um, well, you are Ethan Carter, world traveler. It seems like it, and it's, and it's really not. It's just com- it's all com- uh, compressed into like um, basically a month because then next week I'm gone um on vacation again so it's mm-hmm. it's all compressed into these like four weeks it's nuts so yeah, yeah so, i'm a little all over the place so we should tell everyone what's going on so yeah. t- so it is the usual monday night it's march 2nd as we're recording this um tonight we're doing something a little bit different because ethan is going to be away in far really legitimately in faraway lands yeah, this time totally. and um, we are going to record two episodes tonight so the first episode we are recording now we're going to take a little break and we're going to record next week's episode tonight yeah. so Next week's episode is going to be a little bit different from usual. We are not going to do um, – we'll do things of the week probably because we have a mm-hmm. bunch of things of the week. But we're not going to do a video of the week next week obviously because why would we pick two videos from this week and then do one next week? That would right. be kind of stupid. So we're not going to do that. Um, we do already have our video of the week this week. Um, it's going to be – it's going to look kind of like patronage actually. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah. But um, yeah, we we are – we are just relaxing, doing the usual on a Monday night. It's actually early for us, which means maybe my name recall will work this week. Um, <laughs> I actually apologized today to um, to Mary Lou. Yeah, because she was. Remember, I was like, I said, "Oh yeah, it was Katie and Brandy." Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, I can't remember. And I know that the one the one of the women there was Brand was Katie's co-host, and I'm just I couldn't recall her name, yeah. and I couldn't and I recall, yeah, and I couldn't <laughs> recall Mary Lou's name, and that. Yeah bugged me so i actually today i was like i am really sorry but my name recall was absolute garbage i actually forgot mark's name oh yeah, from, he did. Um, uh, yeah, from got, yeah we built the thing and i did end up remembering it but my name recall was just not functional uh, last week I, i'm the worst at that i stumble <laughs> across names all the time so it's amazing like i can remember your i can remember your face i can hear yeah. your voice i know yep. your whole body of work ask me your name and it's like nope Nope. All of a sudden, I have no name recall. <laughs> That's funny. You know, it's a funny, uh, we built a thing, uh, little tidbit. When I first started listening to the podcast, for some reason, it was one of those things where you have a vision of the person and the voice in your head, you know, versus and, versus what they actually are. So I, for the longest time, could not get, like, I pictured Mark as Drew and Drew as Mark. And it <laughs> took me forever to, like, like fix that. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> obviously not. I mean, obviously I did. And obviously it's obviously now that i've met them too but but it was it was such a weird thing like does that ever happen to you where you just, oh yeah yeah especially with podcasts because you know you right. don't see people you know the, so it's really funny you say that because the first time i i heard this is going to be really really funny i heard david Pachuto's voice oh, yeah. 
before I ever saw one of his YouTube videos. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah. So I heard him on um, Making It before I ever watched his YouTube channel. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, I had this vision of what he looked like. He was like, I expected him to be like a surfer dude. Yeah. <laughs> and like, with like a floppy side flowy haircut and like a Hawaiian shirt. Like, literally, that's how right. I picture him. And then I saw him, I'm like, oh, I didn't see that one coming at all. <laughs> yeah, no, well, and I, I think I've talked, well, I might have talked about this before too. Because again, I, I hadn't seen any of their, well, I had seen their videos, but I hadn't realized I'd seen their videos because I didn't know who they were. So I found the Making It podcast from Modern, uh, Modern Maker podcast. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, you know, they had talked about Jimmy DeResta a lot. So actually one thing on Jimmy, I might've mentioned this already too, but one thing on Jimmy is I thought he was going to be this like, rough and tough guy because i saw like i I think i googled him and it was the like cover of one of his tv shows and he just looked you know like jimmy without the voice and then so i thought he was going to be kind of this like rough and tough guy and then you listen to the episode and he's a big teddy bear he's a total teddy bear total teddy bear and then the (laughs) other thing is for the first like couple episodes i could not figure out who was talking when david and bob are talking which they now i can't imagine that because they definitely have distinct voices (laughs) and distinct but i could not figure that out so um, yeah, it's funny. And it's funny, like you said, it's listen hearing their voice before ever seeing any of their videos was is definitely weird. I think that's probably unique in this in this space. We are we it is it is weird for us, right? Because right. we have we we get to know and they've talked about this. A lot of people that do podcasts talk about this. Like you feel like you've developed a friendship with right. people, but you've never actually seen their face. Right. And you've never shaken their hand. And you right. well, I mean now you wouldn't want to shake anyone's hand, but it's just <laughs> the weirdest thing in the world that you develop these connections with people who, you know, maybe you've had connections or interactions with them online. Sometimes you don't even have that much. Like there, it's been a one-way street. Like right. when I met Jason, I was like, "Oh, I met Jason," you know. Right. And but I didn't feel like I had just met him for the first time. I was like, "Oh yeah, Jason, what's going on, man? How you doing?" It's like, "Oh right, yeah, no, you've never met him before. Like you're not this close." <coughs> right. Excuse me. You're not this. <laughs> God, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, I mean, I agree though. I think, and that's one of the really beautiful things about um, podcasts is, is more than videos or anything like that, that it gives you that sense of, of hanging out and really getting to know people. And, and again, the Modern Maker podcast guys talked about this early on. They were all pretty big on YouTube or, you know, they were definitely, Ben was definitely huge and the other two were very big and obviously huge now. Um, but it was, it was, it took the podcast for them to really kind of create that connection with their fans um, in a different way. And again, it was, they were just talking to us, but we felt like they were, we were friends with them, you know? Well, even even so, even tonight, right before we started, so I have been looking for I have been looking for um, a new model for mm-hmm. my for my stuff because yep. you know you sometimes you need to change it Switch up. It up. For, right. Yeah, you want to have a new face and new a fresh face. And I have my friend Sammy. I just said, hey, do you want to? You know, well, I've never actually met Sammy. She lives in the middle of the country. But we're friends online, and it's like, oh, hey, would you would you want to you know model some stuff? And she's like, yeah, of course I would. And it's like, yeah, because you know we have this like connection, right? We're friends, but it's this weird kind of modern, as Jason when he was on called it, this weird mm-hmm. modern two thousand nineteen friendship where you've you've connected with so many people, and it's like, oh yeah, we've never met in person, but you know these are like my closest friends, and it's just such an odd thing that we're just so accustomed to it that right. we don't even think of it as odd but it is if you really thought about it right yeah it's bizarre <laughs> well and i think not to go back to last week's topic but i think that's part of why 
people like WorkbenchCon so much is yeah. because it more than anything, it's just it cre- you create that human connection. And I, I was talking about it last week. I was that the conversation with April where I was like, I it sounds weird, but I just want to have like a person to person conversation because I don't want it to be big YouTuber and fanboy, right? Like I want right. it to be a because we're we're just people and it's. And and that's what I think why WorkbenchCon resonates for so many people is because it creates that opportunity to just be people, right? Just be yeah. makers in the same space. And to be well, that that's that's what I was gonna say, and that that's actually it. Makers in the same space because right. we have talked about this probably. I mean, we are in episode thirty-seven. We've probably talked about this since you've come on the podcast, mm-hmm. where making is such a solitary thing, right? Even yep. at its best, right? When when you're and when you're in your groove, you're not in your groove with another person. There's right. nobody else. It's you. You're in your groove, and you're yep. running around, and you're putting stuff together, and you're doing this, and you're doing that, and you're doing all this pretty much on your own. It's you're in your private space doing your private thing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I like it that way. Oh yeah, no, I, think I don't we want to. Yeah. But at the same time, every once in a while, yeah, you do want to have a little bit of human interaction. Yeah. You know, human human beings are you know, reasonably good things to hang around. <laughs> well, and, and, and I said it before, too. I mean, I think there's the ratio of introverts at WorkbenchCon is very high for the amount of interaction and talking that people do at that conference. It is weird, right? It, like, it's weird you, because all yeah, of us... Yeah, if you pulled them right. all and said, are you an introvert? I'd bet 85% yeah. of them would say, Absolutely. I am. Right. And even the ones that don't seem like it, and I think, you know, to some degree, myself included... You, you know, we post stories and we're, and Martina talks about this all the time. She's like, I'm not a, like a, a social person, but I do stories. And so everyone thinks I am right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's this like misconception. But again, I think it's partly because we're all kind of introverts and we all, we all still love the same thing. It's like when you get a bunch of introverts together, now we're, we're all introverts and now we're, it, it, that doesn't exist anymore. Right. Yeah, it's totally. Like, it's like acceptable to just be kind of a, quirky person or an introvert or whatever and just because you're surrounded by the same type of people I yeah know. i always say i always say that i'm an overcompensating introvert like <laughs> yeah. people don't understand right. You right. Know, even if you've come on this show if you've been a guest on this show and we've had a conversation you would never know how unbelievably shy i am right right like i cannot talk to people and, and i don't think you're alone in that i think that's a very yeah. na- a common thing and i makers. so i relate so hard when somebody says yeah, sometimes I just have to force myself to yep. not be that way. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. I feel you, man. That's that's me. Like, even even sometimes, like, just me and you just having this podcast, like, right. sometimes it'll be like, I don't want to talk tonight. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. that I don't want to do the podcast. It's yeah. just I don't want to, I don't, it's a little too people-y right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, totally. Right. And, it's, it's a Monday night. You just, like, want to just. Yeah. Because yeah, right. Mondays generally suck. Yeah. And I think it was actually smart of us, though. Seriously, mm-hmm. I think it was smart of us to start recording on Monday nights mm-hmm. because recording on a Monday night is like, okay, Mondays are horrific. Right. And at least I have something. All right, yeah, I have to stay up a little later yeah. or instead of just relaxing on the couch, I'm doing a podcast, right? Right. But it does give me a little something to look forward to because I do, believe it or not, after all this time, I do <laughs> actually look forward to doing this. Well, and it's, it, the funny thing about podcasts too is like, we, I mean, how many weeks have we talked? What, what episode are we on? 37 so 37. you came on on episode 13 11. i think no, well 11. you you oh you were the guest but you were the guest yes, on 11, 11 yeah. yeah yeah so you were like episode 13 was your first i think yeah 
So it, that's crazy. Like we talk that much, but you still and we still have things to talk about. So and we still reasonably like each other. Yeah, I mean for the most part. <laughs> I mean as you're be- as you're blowing up and becoming famous. <laughs> yeah, right. And you know I'm just staying and idling and doing all that. <sighs> uh, yeah. Far from that. Far. From- I'm watching you blow up around me, Ethan. It's very it's very disconcerting. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's a that's a stretch, but uh, but I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. No, it, it is nice. I mean the, the one thing that workbench did uh you know make me feel is that what what's most important to me and i've talked about this and this is not i'm not trying to be cliche or anything like that is it, i'm in it for the community i mean, really i'm mm-hmm. for that first and foremost obviously i'm in it for business reasons and all those other nice things as well but um but it was really nice to have you know the people that wanted to just that we've connected and they just wanted to meet me, you know, and, yep. and say hi. And, and to me, that is way more important than talking to the vendors that were there. Um, I again, mean, that's not business wise. I don't know, but I think there, I think that is. And again, that's how I'd want my business to be. I want to, sure. I want to grow my community and have people invested in me and, and want me, you know, be happy for me if I succeed. That's what I really want. You, at one point, at one point, you sent me a picture of you and Nick and Brandy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was just, and I just, I felt yeah. like I was part of it. Oh, so, yeah. All the way, all the way from you guys being all the way in Atlanta. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is the kind of community. Yeah, exactly. That people talk about. Like, I wasn't there mm-hmm. and I still felt like. I was kind of in spirit. I was still there with you guys. Well, you know? And I said it last week, and and it's true. I mean, I'm not I'm not hyping this at all. There, there, I can't tell you how many people came up and and were disappointed that you you weren't able to make it because you know they were um, they wanted they were looking forward to meeting you. They wanted to be and they and not that they were you know upset that you weren't there, but they were they wished no, you totally. were there. I I will I I'm telling you I swear I don't care what I will be there next year. Yes. And I know I said this last year. I know I said this last year. I did say this last year. But nothing will come up that will stop me from being there next year. Nothing. I will be there next year. A hundred percent. It's gonna be an even better group next year. I mean, it's just ah. Uh, and and I know I know there's gonna be some regulars that listen to this podcast mm-hmm. that will be there. And I I really do. By the way, I just want to tell everyone I really do appreciate you telling me because a lot of you did reach out right. And tell me that you kind of missed being being there, and I really do appreciate that because I know, and I know you weren't doing it to guilt me. I no. just appreciate that yeah. I was even a thought. Like in the midst of all this stuff that you guys were doing that day, to for anyone to just go, "Hey, man, I missed you. I wish you were here." I'm like, "What? Why Absolutely. you even? How would you even notice?" Like, well, because because it's too. the community, right? right. Exactly. It, that's it. That's and this. I've never had this yeah. in my life. Like, I know. I've yeah. done I've done podcasts. I mean, I've done uh, my former co-host and I did podcasts, and I'm not gonna lie, we were way as far as numerically and statistically, mm-hmm. we were way more successful than this mm-hmm. podcast. But the reality is, we never had this community around right. any of them. We had some loyal listeners, and we had people that were, but it wasn't, it didn't have the reach. Like yeah. we had the numbers, we had thousands of downloads a week. Like we were right. doing really, really well. But if I stopped doing the podcast, no one would message right. me except for maybe six people and go, hey, you stopped doing the podcast? You know, even when we did stop doing the podcast, yeah. the reaction was, I mean, lukewarm Well, there, at best. There's, there's another podcast, right? You know, it's just it, that that's exactly it, right? Yep. I feel like, and, you know, maybe this is me and, you know, me just being a little bit overly proud, but I do feel like if we stopped doing this one, 
I think people would actually miss it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and I, I like so. that. Yeah, I, I like too. that. I like yeah. being that important in people's life because I don't have a big YouTube channel. I don't have a big Instagram right. following. This is what I have. This is it. Mm-hmm. This is all I got, man. <laughs> this is all I got. <laughs> well, so here's the... And here's... Because I failed at this. I, I did have... I mentioned it last week too, but I did have the intention of getting a... Because we make like, you know, guest group photo uh, this year. So if you come next year, we have to make sure that we get a alumni fans of the show big group picture so yeah no we will we will oh i i am i'm gonna i'm just gonna put this out there when i'm there next week next week next, next year week. yeah um there will be a, a live recording of because we make yeah, happening totally. yeah and you know i i it's gonna be i love what the guys that we built the thing yeah, did i was just gonna say that was i was listening to it today it took me a couple days to get to it but i listened to it today on my way into work and one it just made me sad that it was over but it was just it brought back so many good memories and again talk about a group of guys that have created a community for around their podcast i mean you you should have seen the people in this room you know um everyone there knew all the inside jokes they knew everything about all three of them the they, invisible armadillo joke was yes, literally the funniest oh, thing Stephanie, oh i my was God. cracking up in my car driving to work it was so good and and you can just hear it though in their voices you know like the three of them laughing about it, it was it Again, talk about a feeling of community. I felt like honored to just be part of being in that room with everyone else. Mm-hmm. And and it, it, but like I said, like everyone knew all the jokes. It was just a really really cool thing. Like we said before, those guys are doing it right. And um, yeah, I mean and, that's the pod. I said yeah. it. I said it last week. I'll say it again. That is the podcast that I see us most like. Yeah, like I that hope, vibe. Yeah. That right. vibe. Right. And and you were also so it's really funny. So. When we recorded last week, none of the maker, none mm. of the um, Workbench Con podcasts were actually out yet. Right. And so as I started getting podcasts last week, it was um, I got Maker Vision mm-hmm. and I got We Built a Thing, and and you were on like both of them. I'm like, I just can't get away from Ethan. It's just like the <laughs> all Ethan show. It's like I listen to our show, I listen to Maker Vision, I listen to We Built a Thing. I'm like, wow, it's just it's just all Ethan all the time. I, so. I just well again, and it's. I hope it comes across this way, but it is genuine. I'm I'm happy to be like I just I'm happy to it's be part so of the good. community. So. It's so good. It's it's I just love. I really do. I get such warm fuzzies when I you know when I hear people that you know we talk to or that we're friends with and doing big things. And it's like you know doing live episodes. Like having okay, going to a con and doing a live episode of your podcast. And if you're not Bob, Jimmy, and mm-hmm. them, or if you're not. If you're a smaller podcast and you can draw a crowd to do your podcast, how rewarding is that? Right. Like, totally. I don't care if I was in a room with, like, three fans. The fact that three people yeah. thought enough of us to come listen to us talk live, how could you not love that? Like, right. there's well, got to be something wrong with someone to think you need a gigantic crowd. Like. I'd I rather don't get like two next year because then then you're going to be really disappointed if only two people I'm, come. Not me. <laughs> the only problem is as long as the two people aren't me and you, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> that would be awkward. That it's would like, be awkward. Live episode of Because We Make and nobody shows up. And it's the same thing as every other week. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, it's just me and you and begging for Q&A because we're doing a double tonight. Right. <laughs> Which we did. Yeah, we did. We did. And one of our loyal listeners, holy yes. crap, did he yeah. bring it? Oh, that, some of the best questions we've had. 
I mean, really, seriously. So I put a message out on Twitter today that, you know, me and Ethan Carter, World Traveler, are going to do our weekly recording tonight, but we're going to record two episodes. So it would be really super helpful if we could get some feedback and questions, which, by the way, we now have an official address for the podcast, because I realized that asking people to send stuff to two addresses is just never going to happen. So the new email address for the show is podcast at becausewemake.com. You know, not podcast because we make a gmail.com because, you know, we're pros. We have a domain now. Um, and we got, we did, I will say, we only got one, but the one we got was so good. So thank you to Morley. Um, yes. from I mean, just thank you so much, Morley. I, the questions are absolutely fantastic. So here's what we're going to do. So we are going to do one of those questions on this, quote, episode. Yep. And then the other two are going to make up pretty much the entirety of the next episode, since yep. we're recording both of them tonight. So, yeah, it's all morally all the time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but again, I, I, I'm always I'm always amazed when people go out of their way to to not just give a, you know, a Joe comment, which I appreciate as well. You know, I, the, kind of that's fun and stuff like that. But if we didn't like Joe comments, we could not talk to Chris anymore. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so those are awesome. But yeah, I mean, he went out of his way and came up with three, not just one, but three very good, legitimate yep, questions. Super so. thoughtful questions yeah, that sure. we are definitely going to tackle. Yep. So you know what? It's 20 minutes in. So rather than interrupt ourselves. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do the sponsor break now. Yep. Okay. So we'll cut to the sponsor break now. And when we come back, we'll answer more, one of Morley's questions. And we'll do things our things of the week. And we'll do, we will actually do a video of the week yep. this week. So we'll be back in a bit. Sounds good. Okay, we are back. So let's get to the first question from Morley. And the first question he asked is... I should have put these in. I didn't even do show notes before the show. We were in just such a let's get started early. Yeah, let's just do it. Um, okay, question number one. What are some of your sources of inspiration outside of making and the maker community? I am just going to tell you up front, I don't have great answers for this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't either, but I, but but maybe as we talk about it a little bit, it will. I mean, it was a really hard one because I was like, that is kind of my world, right? <laughs> it really, you yeah. know, it's, it is funny how you don't realize how much of your world is consumed by this maker community until someone asks you, what do you do outside of it? And you're like, I don't know. Well, and I kind of interpreted the question. Let me know what you think. I kind of interpreted the question a little bit of how do you get inspired? Like what inspires you to make that isn't necessarily directly derived from a making, yeah. you know, making channel, right? Is that yeah, how you I think, I think yeah. that's pretty much how I read it too. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you, I get, I, there's one spot, uh, one spot comes up consistently for me, actually. Okay. Um, so I make one of my, my, really my primary making thing now is jewelry. I mean, mm -hmm. at this point, the woodwork is such a side job, a side, it's a side hustle of my side hustle at this point. The jewelry is what is the thing now. Right, right. Which, that's kind of cool, because that's kind of what I wanted to be the thing anyway. So um, where do I get inspiration from? So... Yes, I get inspiration from other makers on, in, particularly on Instagram. There's a lot of jewelry makers on mm -hmm. Instagram. But the place I get the most inspiration from, so one of my suppliers is, I, I think I made them, um, one of my things of the week one week was Fire Mountain Gems. Um, Fire Mountain Gems is... Oh, yeah, we talked about them, yeah. Yeah, they are probably the largest supplier of jewelry making components in the country. At this point, I can't think of a bigger one off the top of my head. They right. are just huge. They sell 
everything. Like if you want to make jewelry and they don't sell it, you probably don't need it to make jewelry. That's that's how com- comprehensive right. their selection is. One of the things that they do in their catalogs, which yes, they still send out catalogs. Um, they have in each section, they have a picture of something and then a code. And the code takes you to their website and you can go in and look at instructions for how to make the thing that's in their catalog. It's a it's a neat idea. They don't have it for all the stuff in the catalog because some of it is really just assembling different things in a certain order. Right, right. But some of the stuff is really, really elaborate and uses multiple components, and they give you a code. And if you go to the site and you put in the code, up pop all the instructions. Some of the instructions are free. Some of them you have to pay for. They're a little more advanced. That's fine. I don't mind that. They're usually pretty good anyway. But it's a, it's just amazing just seeing pictures. Yeah, per- Particularly in a catalog, and this well, is what this okay. is where I'm weak. This is where I'm the weakest when it comes to my jewelry. Like, I know what something should look like when it's done. Yeah, but in when I'm making stuff, I don't know sometimes that there are special components that make making that thing look a certain way much easier. Mm-hmm. I used to think that to make the the fish hook earrings, yeah, that you had to take wire and bend it. I didn't know you could actually just buy, buy the- fish hooks with a loop in them. <laughs> right. I'm like. That changed everything, you know? So stuff like that, um, that's one place I get inspiration from, like seeing what other people have made, but in particularly in that catalog, because that catalog is, you know, it's about 150 pages sometimes, you know? And it's it's great. It's great seeing other people making stuff with stuff you can buy, you know? Yeah, totally. No, and actually, I mean, that wasn't one of my lists, but that is one of the things I do. And, And... I, I've heard, and it goes along the same lines as um, Dave Ricciuto always talks about, and actually um, Mike from Modern Builds talks about a lot. There is something to be said for going through catalogs, whether they're mm-hmm. product catalogs or books. You know, Dave Ricciuto is a big, you know, just book guy. And and just looking through them, it, there is something, the tangible act of flipping through something mm-hmm. and and it sparks ideas, right? It just, it's it, you're never going to get that from a website, no. Because you can't, you know, it's all search driven, which is a much more efficient way of finding something, but it's not a, a, an efficient way of getting inspired, right? Totally. So I, I, and that is one of the things I've done in the past a lot. Um, actually, you know what I did? I, I had old magazines and advertisements written down because that is one of the things I've, I used to do a lot was look through um, kind of vintage, uh, vintage uh, catalogs and um, books and just kind of because... You, it sparks these ideas or these design aspects that aren't necessarily pre- uh, predominant nowadays, right? right. And, and I'm not going to design that, but it gives you an idea, uh, a little spark or some kind of twist on something that you were thinking about. So yeah, that is definitely something I do outside of making. And it doesn't have to, I mean, it's not necessarily crate and barrel. It's, it's It can be other things. It could be the setting for um, fashion, you know, fashion shoots and stuff like that. It's oh, the totally. backdrop, right? It's yeah. The, it's the setting that they're in. You're looking at the different way that they composite the picture and all those types of things can be really inspiring, I think. Well, one of the, one of the things I've been trying to do recently is really pay more attention to the photographs of my products. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them... I put a lot of effort into the stuff I make and I, I realized, and I, you know, it's my own fault. You know, sometimes I was, I was doing more production and less selling, if you know what I mean. So it was like, I got to make this and put it on site, make this and put it on site, make this and put it on the site. 
now I think more when I when I post a picture. So like there are a couple of bracelets that I I had ju- I just posted um, the last two bracelets I posted on my Instagram feed. I am really proud of how the pictures turned out. Mm-hmm. I think they're the best pictures of a bracelet. Actually, the last three bracelets I posted pictures of, they just came out exactly the way yeah. I would want them presented if I was trying to sell them like in a catalog or something like that. And that's that inspiration came from just taking a course on Skillshare. Oh, yeah. And, and it was just like, oh, yeah, I can do better. Right. I know I can do better. I have a, I have a camera. I have, I have the equipment. I have the light boxes. I have this stuff. And if you look at my, the photography of my stuff, the level is much higher. Oh, yeah. Now. No, there's definitely been a, a, a flip in the last two weeks, I would say. You know, the first thing I did, the first thing I did that with was Bernie Sprocket. Like, yeah. I just wanted to play with that. And I took, and I'm not, you know, I'm not going to brag. However, I do think the picture I took of it with the watch gears underneath it mm-hmm. is one of the coolest pictures I've seen of it so far. Yeah. And I was just really proud that I just decided I wanted to just play for a little while. Right. Just, just, just play. And that's become my thing now. And now, because of Bernie, and I will say it's because of Bernie, even though he's a maker, but it was, I ordered something a while ago from Instagram called the coffee, co- the coffee cookie. Um, it's a thing that you put, it's got a battery in it, and you slap it inside the bottom of a paper coffee cup, okay. and it's got a heating element, so it keeps the coffee warm in the in the paper mm-hmm. cup. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool idea. Does it work? Eh. Not great. It doesn't work <laughs> particularly great, but it was a cool idea. It was super cheap, and I was like, you know what? I'll try it. And honestly, I don't even use it. It was right. disappointing. But here's what I loved about it. When I got it, it was in this linen bag with their logo on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. And I'm like, oh, wow, those look so freaking cool. Fast forward a couple of weeks, Bernie sends me the sprocket, and it's in a linen bag mm-hmm. with his logo on it. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be a way to do this. Because I know Bernie's not ordering these, right? Because right. he's, he's Bernie. He's like me. He's like, if, I can, if this can be made, I'm going to make, make it. it. Yep. Well, I watched his video, and it was literally he took the linen bags out, and he stamped them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, I have a stamp. I'm going to try that. And yeah, and I saw now it that's. That's the packaging for my bracelets now. So, yeah, the inspiration, sometimes I don't get so much inspiration about um, how to make the stuff that I make as much as how to show it off. Yeah. No, I, and that's actually funny. I mean, I mean, I don't want to interrupt you if you're, if you're not done. No, but, go for it. Um, that was actually some of the things, a good segue to some of the things that I, I, I was going to talk about in terms of being inspired. And it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's uh, the photography of it. So... Um, well, one thing to, uh, just recently, the last my last video of the Maker Knife Sheath, mm-hmm. um, I uh, there's a picture um, of Jacko holding the Maker Knife, and I think it was like really early on. It might have mm-hmm. just been like before the Kickstarter. I mean, it was super early on. You can tell by the Maker Knife because it didn't even have the little uh, you know cla- pocket um, clasp thing or anything on it. But he was kind of holding it in the foreground, and he was, you know, uh, the bokeh effect or whatever it's called, um, with his face kind of blurred in the background. So that was, I was like, I'm going to do that kind of just a tongue-in-cheek because to copy him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I had so much fun doing that. It took me forever because I'm not good at this stuff yet. But, you know, I had the lights, and I tried different things and everything like that. And did a pretty good job recreating it, honestly. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it was funny. It was the first, uh, and not a lot, I think three or four people, but it was the first thumbnail that people actually 
commented on the thumbnail. They said, that is a very good thumbnail. And that was the first time ever. But it, but it was the inspiration of trying to replicate something that someone I admired did, but in a funny way. But And it, and it just took it up a, a level. So, that, mm-hmm. so there's that. And then the other thing, and, and this is a big stretch, but... Um, and and not really i don't i don't know if it's re- really related but um zach king do you know zach king the magic mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. um so uh alex of bevelish creations uh turned me on to him and surprisingly i he's, had never he's amazing yeah he's amazing he's amazing. <laughs> but and, and he does the stuff that he does is nothing i, I guess that's why i'm struggling because it's not really i'm not really doing what he's doing i always wonder if he actually does magic yeah, well, it's not. It's not so much magic. It's, it's like YouTube magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, He's am- I, he is amazing to watch, though. And well, and I, and I think he would admit that. I don't think he mm-hmm. portrays himself. It's it's the trickery and the the camera work and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. it's so clever and stuff yep. like that. So, but he, uh, Alex, you know, told me about him, and I got kind of went down a wormhole of watching his videos and stuff like that. And again, this is nothing like him, but the kind of trick uh, or magical photos was what inspired the the uh, my exacto knife one where my you know it kind of looks like it's levitating and my fingers mm-hmm. there again that took me way too long and was totally not necessary and for anything but i had so much fun doing it like recreating that and having it like float and so there's things like that i think that's a good example of zach king is not doing anything making right it's completely unrelated to our field um you know our space but it, it can inspire you to do something different with with how you present your business and your your work. Right. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah, no, totally. And it's to, to tag on to that idea, one of the things that I've been focusing on, haha, pun intended, <laughs> um, with my own product photography is using bokeh to draw your eye. Mm-hmm. So one of the things one of the things that I didn't really I've ne- okay, true confession, I am a self taught photographer. Everything I've learned, with a few exceptions recently, where I was taking a course from the lovely and talented Tabitha Park, who is absolutely fantastic, um, I have been, I've never really learned photography. So I just take pictures. I'm like, that looks good. We'll go with it. What I've started to do is pay more attention to the mechanics of photography. So for example, if you go to my feed, it's, there's a bracelet that's purple jasper and wood grain jasper. And if you look real close at it, you can see that there's enough of the purple jasper and enough of the wood grain jasper that you can see the texture on them. But halfway through the picture, it just starts getting really soft. Mm -hmm. Why? Because mechanically, I decided in this picture, I wanted to draw your eye to those, the texture and the pattern on the purple beads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I never used bokeh as a device before. Right. And I st- I've started doing it a lot more than I ever did. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay, I'm starting to understand the mechanics of doing that. Like right. the mechanics, the, the, the reason and the purpose behind it. Right. Right. It's yeah. not just a really cool effect to show right. diff- depth between the foreground and background. You can use it to say, hey, look at mm-hmm. this. 
you know, instead of just shooting it where you can just see everything in focus, which sometimes that works. There's not, oh, yeah, there's nothing no. wrong with that. You know, if you, if you're doing a macro and you're shooting at F11, yeah. you know, everything's going to be in focus for the most part. But if you're doing a macro and you're shooting at F2.8, well, now everything up close is going to be really sharp and you're not going to have a whole lot of sharp before you start getting into the softness. Right. But what happens is your eye will immediately go to the areas yeah. that are sharp. Yeah. And it just sure. will. And I never did that purposefully. It right. used to be I would take a picture and go, "Oh, that's not what I want," and then take another picture and go, "Okay, that's not what I want." I didn't and know all of how a sudden to. It was like, "Oh, that one works," and you not yeah. necessarily know why. But... So I'm gonna teach you. So I'm gonna teach you guys something. So on your camera, on your camera, grab your SLR. I'll wait. <laughs> you did, why do I have to wait? It's a podcast. We're not yep. doing radio here. Okay. Pa- pause. Go get your camera. <laughs> pause. Go get your camera. Seriously, <laughs> I'm not joking around. Go get your SLR camera. There's right. a reason no, I'm I, doing no, this. I have you. to go get it. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So hold your camera in your hand. And if it's a Canon camera, which most of you probably have, because let's be honest, Canon is the king of SLR cameras. You might have another brand, and I'm not saying better or worse, but they're just by numbers, there's a lot more Canon cameras out there than anything else. Hold the camera. On the left side of the lens, closer to the body, there's a button. Okay? It's a round button. And it's right where the lens attaches to the body. Okay, that button is your depth of field preview. Mm -hmm. Okay, what that button does, when you look through the viewfinder, you can't really see depth of field. No matter what you set your aperture to, you're not going to see depth of field because, well, you just won't. There's no technical explanation necessary. You just won't see it. If you hold that button down, the camera will simulate the depth of field you're going to get through the lens into the viewfinder. So you will see the bokeh in the eyepiece before you take the shot. Awesome. That's what that button does. Nobody knows that button. Most people don't even know that that button is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a depth of field preview button. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Dave Swiduck is punching his radio right now because I have it completely <laughs> wrong, and he's a photographer, and I'm not. And don't dabble in my area. I make stay stuff you're lane, not allowed Vincent, to do photography. <laughs> exactly. He, Dave is literally telling me right now, stay in your lane <laughs> as he's driving his car in swerves because he's driving in rage because I'm – no. Um, but yeah, that's so that's the kind of thing that now I do purposefully. Yeah. I never did it purposely before and I got inspired because I took a class mm-hmm. on doing it the right way. She never really talked about it, right. but it made me rethink the way I do things. Well, and again, that it, that really doesn't have anything to do with me. Well, photography is making in my opinion, but in terms of art what we're like what we do in terms of making. Mhm. It doesn't have really anything to do with making, but it 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 relates so so closely and so and so important to showing off your making right that, that's the inspiration right that's the inspiration piece of it and i have to think about that because you know and don't take this the wrong way but i sell my stuff my stuff right. sells right. so my what i make it look like and i thought it was like it's going to sell no matter what but you know what when sales slow down you start thinking mm-hmm. okay i need to get the sales to pick up again what can i do like what what are th- what are steps i can take yep even if they're not huge ones, just steps I can take to make sure that I'm putting in as much as I can. And one of them was really focusing on the way stuff looked. Yep. You know, I'm, I am about to enter, and I didn't even get to tell you this. What? But I'll tell the podcast listeners. <laughs> I'm about to enter my first partnership for oh, my nice. company. Awesome, man. Um, with a company called Tarnish Me Not. Huh. Um, they do 
uh, they make a, an additive that you spray on your jewelry to keep it from tarnishing. Oh, very cool. Brilliantly simple, right? Yeah. Um, and we are now, I'm going to partner up with them and I will be applying their stuff to my jewelry as I sell it so that when you get my jewelry, it's going to last now. And I am just so over the moon that they want to work with me. Right. And this all happened over the weekend. In in like the blink of an eye, I went from, I just posted a picture on my Instagram of some chains I had treated with their stuff to, hey, why don't we work together? I'm, yeah. Yeah. That's how it happens, man. Outstanding. Yeah. Right. I'd love to work with you guys. Thank you. That's awesome. So the stuff that, the stuff that I sell is going to be from theirs. But again, why did I post that picture of chains with Tarnish Me Not? Right. Well, because it, because it shows my customers if they find me on Instagram, hey, he's treating his chains. Right. You know? Well, and, and, it, and, and I mean, you're saying it like, uh, and I understand what you're saying about selling it, but that's the same, that's the same rationale with a thumbnail, right? That's why right. people emphasize thumbnails because you're selling your video. And, exactly. And that's why you, that's why thumbnails are so important because you want them to say, I want to buy, quote unquote, buy this video, right? It's the same thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird because everybody, Everybody says that, you know, like, I don't have a product, I'm not selling. But whether you're selling oh, yeah. a product right. or you're selling yourself, content. you are selling. Right. right. Your content is your product. Your video is your product. What Your you personality is your product. I mean, that's yeah. all of it. Right. There's, there's um, I forgot who it was, but somebody just did, oh, it was, I was watching a video. It was, it was the, uh, the 50 plus Adobe apps explained in 10 minutes. Oh, my god. It's gosh. a very cool video. It literally explains all the Adobe apps in a very quick way, what every one of them does. In 10 minutes. And one of the things he goes, you know, everyone knows Photoshop. It's now a verb. And people use it to make those really, really clickbaity thumbnails. And there was just a, a grid of super clickbaity thumbnails. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much what I expect the thumbnail to be. Well, those thumbnails are what sells your video. They're the first impression people get of your video. And if your thumbnails are stupid, let's go look at them. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's true. And again, like I said, like it, it, I was so proud that a couple people mentioned it like and that and again that video you know i've it's has it's not my top viewed one um mm -hmm. because i've had a couple that i've taken off on like reddit and stuff like that but it's um it's around 500 views which is right around the uh the amount of subs i have which and that ratio is fantastic sure and i didn't and it, that's purely from from youtube I, I it didn't take off in any other place now here's so. the funny thing right so you did that thumbnail right and that mm -hmm. thumbnail probably took you a long time to make oh yeah and you put in the effort because you knew there would be a return for putting in that effort. Well, and I was having fun. But <laughs> oh yeah, of course. So it's, it it is it is funny though because like I do I'll sit there and I'll I'll really work really hard on my photos now for mm -hmm. my stuff. Whereas I used to finish something and it was like immediately up on Post the store. It. It's right. like my 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 goal was getting it up on the store. And now it's right. like I I want this I kind of want this to look nice. Yeah, for sure. You know, and even even the the first two. So it's really funny. I'm looking at them now. The first two bracelet pictures. One is the malachite one, and one is the African jade one. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at them, and I realize the African jade picture is not very good, because the malachite one is really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, now I see. But you can. It's funny how you watch people evolve too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and that, by the way, that that inspires me too, because when I see someone I know doing videos and then their work is evolving yeah then it's like oh you're you're stagnant you're sitting still right like, don't sit still right evolve you have to evolve you have to up your game even if upping your game is just you know i was making these bracelets all the same way right the inspiration 
came from watching other people that make them do like, oh, they're putting spacer beads in. They're not just doing beads. Right. Oh, okay. Maybe I should do more of that. Sometimes that's the inspiration too. Just I need to do more of something, you know, or just. Well, it's funny. So uh, we started this, uh, there's a small group of us that started this, uh, you know, group on Instagram. um, And we're all kind of, well, there's a couple of them that are bigger on YouTube, but uh, most of us are either just getting started or whatever. And, and it's just kind of a, you know, a brain, you know, a brain, uh, I don't know, tank, whatever it's called. But, um, but we were talking about, uh, you know, we were giving suggestions on someone's video. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, they kind of said after we gave our feedback, which is, you know, polite and everything, but like, oh, I like, I need to, I need to run this stuff by you guys before I post it. And my response was, yeah, like there's so much you can do and, and improve. But my mindset is that my uh, here's my my approach to it is every video I want to be better in some way, right? I want right. to make something better about it. Um, most of it has been around audio, especially of my interest because it was horrible in my first video. Like, <laughs> but, so each but if I try to fix everything at once, I'm never going to put out a video. And the most important thing for YouTube is to put out videos, right? Mm-hmm. So I try I try not to. Um, solve everything every video I just try to make improvements every time and I think that is a good approach to anything we do is right you if you try to conquer conquer it all you're you're never going to get anywhere so just try to improve every time and and learn from what you see around you like you're saying and improve your your pictures or whatever every a little bit every time you're going to notice the funny thing is and, and this happens to me a lot particularly with my Instagram stuff now, because now that I'm kind of paying more attention to it, you're going to notice your your internal editor is going to change. And whereas, you know, maybe six months... I, okay, so I'm going to tell a little story. So a friend of mine, I sent... Um, I did a custom commission for her, a pair of earrings. They are... I love the way they turned out. They look great. She sent me a picture. And now normally I would just say, I'm just going to post the picture of her wearing them, Right. But here's the problem. They're very small earrings. And the problem with small earrings is unless you have someone come up to your ear with a macro lens and take a perfect right. picture, they don't show up. Right. Right? Now, do I think she took a good picture? I think she took the best picture she could possibly take taking her own picture. Is it a picture I can legitimately use? Probably not. Right. And I felt bad. I still feel bad. Like I'm saying it right now, and I feel really bad that I didn't use her picture because I do tend to use. If people send me pictures of wearing mm-hmm. the stuff that I make for them, I almost always just just automatically post it. I couldn't post these just because you just can't see the earrings. You could see right. that she's wearing earrings, but there is no way you could tell what they are. I mean, I had trouble photographing them, and I set them up in my light box with right. my lens almost on top of them and they're just small they're dainty earrings they're very delicate and it broke my heart but my internal editor kicked in when i saw the picture i'm like nope you 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 can't can't, you can't use that Mm -hmm. now a couple of months ago my internal editor would have been like eh screw it put it up put it up it's it's you're because my internal editor would have back then would have just been saying hey it's somebody wearing your product right Right. you know and now it's like, yeah, but it's got to show the product in a good light for me right. to want to. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that it showed it in a bad light. It just didn't show it. It didn't like, show I couldn't, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't right. tell. I couldn't <laughs> tell what it was. Right. Um, I think the inspiration of getting better with everything you do, I mean, just watch anyone do anything and get better at it. Yeah. You, you watch someone that's, I've, I've watched people 
get better at playing chess. Mm-hmm. And it actually made me want to be a better chess player. I'll right. never be a better chess player. I'm a terrible chess player. Yeah. You know, my dad and I used to play chess. Um, oh, my God. We used to play so much chess. And I think out of 40, 40 to 50 matches that we played, mm-hmm. I beat him once. <laughs> and That's he one even... more than I would have won, so. <laughs> <laughs> but he did say, and, you know, and this is what, this I, the reason I brought up the story is that he did say, he goes, I'm proud of you. You're actually, your games are getting better. You're getting, right. you're not, you may yeah. not be winning. But you're improving, and it's it's obvious that you're improving, and I'm proud of you for improving. And yeah. so that that sometimes you have to be your own dad, mm-hmm. but telling yourself that you're improving is just fine. It's okay what? to if it's okay to not be perfect as long as your your current attempt is better than your prior attempt. Well, I think that's a, another reason to have a, a really supportive core group or audience, right? Because mm-hmm. because th- again, they they want you they want you to succeed. They want you to be, get better. And and they support you through that, and they they'll tell you again, like they'll tell you that was a good thumbnail, like you know, yeah. And and sometimes you need those four people to tell you that to make you to kind of be like, okay, it was worth that time, or you know, at least I'm doing something in the right direction. And that's important when we're all struggling, and you know, we spend however many hours on a video, and it gets you know a certain number of views. It's important to know that you're still marching in the right direction right and that that's that's one of the hardest things is is when you don't feel like things are resonating right to know that yeah i'm still doing okay like this isn't this isn't a failure i'm not failing right it's just maybe this, this is didn't part of click. the grind right yeah and you know we always talk about the grind in relation to the to the podcast well i'll give you a good example right i thought when when did we have him on? Hold on, I know I've, I'm quoted. I quote him constantly. You'd think I know. That was 19, my lucky number. I should know that. Okay, so we had Jason on. If you want, those of you that listened to that episode, if you didn't listen to that episode, you should definitely go back and listen to it because there's some real nuggets of wisdom in there. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that he said on that podcast that I have carried with me since he was on, he talked about his initial numbers and how. He was pulling in mm-hmm. 200 listeners an episode at the beginning, and he was doing that for, like, the first year of his podcast. And I was like, okay. Now, Jason is a huge podcast now. Right. Huge. Massive. Right. right? And he started kind of where we are. So if he can start where we are and become what he is, right? then that's fine. Then what? Do, we got nothing to think bad about. Like. Right. That 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 inspiration to keep grinding at this podcast, and I don't mean to make it sound like a chore. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But the what feels like you're investing more than you're getting back. Right. That inspiration came from him saying, "Yeah, look how look at me now." But I was where you are, and I right. appreciate that you guys are there. And you know that made me like. It just refocused me. It's like, okay, we can we can do this for a while at this pace as long as there's a steady growth stream. Yeah. Which one of the things one of the things you know as far as inspiration goes, Jason changed his theme song um, at the beginning of January. Yeah. He changed his theme song. It's not the same theme song that he's been using for years. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I started thinking, and I'm like, I, you know, I like our theme song, but it's not the vibe I want to portray. Right. Like it just wasn't. I always liked our theme song. I really did. I mm-hmm. love our theme song. I, th- I thought our theme song was great, but it wasn't, it wasn't right. Right. And I sat there and I told you I was looking for something else. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and 
I ended up going, if you, I, I would told, I told Ethan, I'm like, I'm kind of looking for something a little more chill hop, maybe a little bit of like DJ quads type, big band, big band hip hop. Um, what, there's another name for it. It's like jazz, jazz hop. Yeah. Jazz hop. Something yeah. along those lines. As long as it's not kids pop <laughs> or, kid pop or whatever it is. <laughs> um, and I ended up finding the song that we're using now and I'm like, this is the one like right. this is like it just a hair i heard i'm like yeah i can hear my voice coming mm-hmm. in over this song right. like this is our song now announcing brew daddy yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but that that inspiration came from me you know him changing right. his that that intro song it's really funny because i i was one of on his show in la i was one of the last episodes of his podcast to use the old theme song and hearing it, hearing it now, like I, I actually found the episode I was on on YouTube today, and hearing that episode and hearing that intro music, I was like, oh my god, this feels like a million years ago. Like this is doesn't sound like him. This is this isn't his theme song. This is the old theme song. <laughs> and it's like it wasn't that long ago. It was like a month and a half ago. Right. But I'm already like past it. Like nope, yeah. I don't even remember the old theme song anymore. Like the new theme song is the song. Yeah. And I think that that's the kind of you know. Even if it, your inspiration may come from somebody else, just kind of Tweaking refocusing themselves. Yeah. Right. It may not even be something specific. It may just be they took a pivot, and you go, yep. "We can do that too." Exactly. We kind of we kind of did. I mean, this show used to be primarily interviews. Right. You know, and it's not anymore. I mean, we still want to have guests. I'm not yeah. saying we don't want to have guests. We like our guests. Yeah, for sure. But the reality is, it's not primarily an interview show anymore. Right. And I envy anyone that can keep that going for a long time. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know how you did it for as long as you did. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I have I have no idea. In fact, one of um, the episode that we put in the feed a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's got guests lined up till the end of March. That's amazing. And I'm like, good on you, Michael. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's not my world. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. So, uh, do you want to do some? Uh, you want to yeah. do a thing of the week? Let's do some things of the week. Let's do things of the week. We'll do a video, video of, the week. of the week, and then we'll call and, it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, um, you want to go first? Yeah. All right. I, so I've got a, a thing of the week. It's not the video of the week, but it is a video. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> I've talked about him before, um, but Little King Goods on YouTube. He's a leather worker, and he put out. I think it was like the twenty fifth. So you know, it's, it's within the reason of of you know, this past week or so, um, he put out a video of 10 leather craft tips, tricks, and hacks. And it was really, really good. I mean, so it was just 10 different things that he does, uh, that are tips, tricks, or hacks, um, that could make things easier or you get better results or, and so it's things like sharpening your tools. Um, but even like sharpening his rotary tool, which is, you know, basically like a glorified pizza slicer that we, <laughs> we use to cut uh, leather. And you know, they're, the, I think the one he has maybe is 20 bucks on Amazon. The one I'm using is like 11 bucks. And I just bought a new one because my old one got dull. And I was like, yeah, for 11 bucks, I'll get another one. And he just showed how to easily sharpen sharpen it. Um, and and then you can keep using it. So like, it's little things like that. I didn't even like know that. you could sharpen those blades. No. And, I mean, uh, what's it called? Strop? Strop, right? Oh, so you strop it. Okay. Yeah, so he basically you just strop and then kind of keep turning the blade. And, you know, you... If you're a leather worker, you have plenty of leather to glue to a piece of <laughs> you ain't kidding. board and wow. uh, do it. So it was like things like that, um, just a, a ton of different little, well, not a ton, 10 of, 10 of them, but really, really easy things to integrate into leather working that I had not thought of um, that I know are going to make me, save me money and make me a better leather worker. So a really good video. He always does an amazing job, um, but I, it was a 
it was a great one for making, you know, a ma- the maker community because it actually has tangible things that you can do. So that is absolutely a fantastic thing because I will say that as as much as I have tools and stuff for leather, yeah, I just haven't done enough with them. Oh yeah, no, it's, check it out because again, it's it's simple. It's something things. a beginner. So a beginner would get something out. Oh, of Oh, absolutely, it, beginners would get something out of it. And I think great. I mean, and I I consider myself a beginner still, but I mean. Even someone that has done a fair amount of leather work, but maybe not is an expert, which it absolutely, I mean, there are things I got out of it that I never thought of, so. Including, by the way, here's a tip, get a rotary cutter. Yeah, it's I, amazing. Just get one. Just it's, it's something you don't realize how great it is until you get one. It's 11 bucks. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you, it's 11 bucks and it's, it's like a game changer. The one I got, the one I got, I got at Joanne, it was like $20. Mm-hmm. It was a, Fiskar, a Fiskars one. That's what and I have too. Yeah, this thing is just, it'll yeah. cut, it cuts everything. Right. In fact, it cut my thumb very yeah. nicely because oh, yeah, I had sharp. my thumb too close to the blade and didn't realize it. Yeah. And I went real deep before I realized I was cutting my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's great. And in fact, so a couple of episodes ago, your thing of the week with the, with these, uh, I'll just say these fabric, these thread scissors they, that you recommended. Oh my God. I can't, and I still can't believe that you had such, because all five of mine work fantastic. I got a bag of bad ones. You I threw did. every one of them yeah. away. It was, the, all of them were bad. The head, I'm going to send, I'm going to mail you one because. Oh no. So you don't have to do that. Oh, okay. The bag on, the blades on those were misaligned. On all of them were misaligned. Like they came to a point at the point. So there was nothing, they weren't meeting in the middle. Well, so nothing cut. I think, I think when you sent me that, I was like. Let me show you what mine do. Mine like touch at the very Yeah, yours base. touch. Yours yours it, were fine. Basically grind almost the whole way and that's what makes them so work so well. I, I yeah. opened I opened every one of them and every one of them was was bent wrong. I was so like screw weird. this. So I went to Michaels one day and they had I had a coupon cuz I swear to god. By the way, if you go to Michaels and you oh, yeah. don't use the coupons, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> um I got the Fiskars ones. They were like 6 bucks. These things are so sharp. And I use them now because it's just so much easier to just grab them and pinch. They're like tweezers with a blade. I mean, it's so right. much easier to use them than scissors for cutting thread. And I use it to cut the um, the beading cord that I use. Yeah, no, that's and it's, a, they're right? absolutely fantastic for them. So yeah, I would highly recommend if you've never had a pair of fabric, not fabric scissors. I, there's a name for there what these for are, from, but. They're yeah. thread scissors, right? Is that what, is that th- what they're called? I, yeah, that works for me. I think they are. I don't know. But they're, Get yourself but, a pair. Absolutely. When they work, they work so much better than scissors for yes. cutting. Yeah. Yes, 100%. If you do anything with string or thread mm-hmm. or right. wire, uh, maybe wire is probably not a good one, but string or thread... Just absolutely get yourself a pair of them. It is amazing how much better they are. Yeah, yeah Ethan was 100% right about what they were. He was just, he was just wrong about the ones I should be getting. <laughs> well, the, the batch you're getting, because you got the same ones. I, I, can't I literally got the same ones you got. Like, you sent me the link. <laughs> and literally, I've, I've tried, all, I tried all five of them after you sent them, and all five of mine work. The one, thing, so. the one thing I do like about the Fiskars ones, as opposed to the ones you sent, yeah. um, they have this integrated blade protector. Oh, that's so nice. So you... You click a button and you slide it, and it slides up over the bl- the points, so you can't stab yourself with it when you're not using it. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so. totally. All right, yeah, that's a good one. Um, so we'll, we'll have the link to that video in the show notes. I will probably end up watching it after we do the um, after we do the podcast because it's I can never one. go straight to bed after I we know, record. Right? I'm always so jazzed up. Oh, so my thing of the week now for those of you that don't shop on it. Well, yeah, who the hell doesn't shop on Amazon? But <laughs> I I tend to look at a lot of stuff and not buy it. And Amazon is very good at figuring out what you want based on what you look at. And one day, I was on Amazon, and I was looking for an Arca Swiss um, 
I was looking for an Arca Swiss head for a different tripod that I had. Um, for those of you that don't know, Arca Swiss is pretty much a universal standard for tripod quick-release plates. And every tripod that I have in this house and at work use the same plates. So I can literally just leave the plates on my cameras. And when I want to slap them into a tripod, I take one camera off, I put another camera on, and they go right onto the tripod. It is the greatest thing ever to have one quick-release system for every single tripod you own. There is no better way to take That's pictures. That's awesome. Um, one of the tripods that I use the most, um, I, I don't remember who I recommend. I've recommended it to a bunch of people. It is a fantastic tripod. It is the Manfrotto Pixie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, actually, this yeah. the Pixie. Two, I think this is the Pixie 2. I'm not sure, but it's the Pixie or the Pixie 2. It's the same basic tripod, just a slightly different head on it. I think the Pixie 1 has just a regular flat quarter 20, okay. and this one has a special dial, so you can tighten the, the screw rather than trying to spin the camera on top of the head. It's actually oh, a really yeah. cool design. Um, the Manfrotto Pixie is the best tabletop tripod you can buy. However, it does not have an Arca Swiss connector on the top. So whenever I wanted to put a camera on my tabletop tripod, I had to take the Arca Swiss plate off the bottom and put it on the Manfrotto Pixie. Well, not anymore. Somehow Amazon figured out that I would like this product, and boy, were they right. There's a little adapter you can buy. Um, they call I've seen people call them dog bone adapters. They literally look like a dog bone, and they have the, a screw on the side, and they screw over the quarter 20 on your existing tripod. Huh. So, okay, tripods, basically the bottom part of a tripod head uses a 3 8 screw. And then the top of the tripod uses a quarter 20. So if you were to just buy another Arca Swiss head and try to put it on top, it wouldn't fit. These little guys actually convert your quarter 20 on the top of your tripod into an Arca Swiss compatible system. So you can basically, it, 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 it just gives you the ability to use Arca Swiss plates on a non-Arca Swiss tripod. Very cool. It is absolutely the most, they're like five bucks. I bought two of them just so I could have one on the Pixie and just one just in case I come across a tripod that I forgot about. Right, right. These things are absolutely fantastic. They are super cheap. And if you are doing any level of serious tripod mounting and camera swapping, being able to just take your same quick release plate and use it on all of your tripods is something you don't even realize how much you want to do until you start doing it. And you're like, oh my God, I can't have a tripod that doesn't have this on it now. (laughs) So... I'll, I'll have the link to these. They're, they're really, really <clears throat> super-duper cheap, and they are so worth it. And if you're like me and you have like 25, 30 different plates <laughs> just laying around the house, it's even better because they fit. Um, I've used 40s, DP40s, 50s, and 60s. So they fit. In fact, I have – I'm looking at it right now. I have a 50 in it right now. It's a little bit bigger. The, I put a 60 in it over – the 60 I keep on my SLR – just so it, I can keep the SLR forward of the, the, um, the level on the top of the tripod on the tripod I use the most. And it fits a 60 and it holds it perfectly. So I would definitely, definitely, definitely recommend you grab a couple of these if you have tripods that don't have your quick release on it. Okay. <laughs> I know you guys are getting really sick of the photography recommendations. No, I think everyone in this, everyone is... We're all somewhat content creators, whether we're just taking yeah. pictures or our photos or our products or whatever. So this is one of those things that I know every just about everyone that listens to this has a tripod of some kind. Right, right. 
get something like this and switch over. Because I've seen Amazon Basics has, and you've probably seen these too, Amazon Basics has a tripod that has that same flat square weird base that all the cheaper tripods use. And people are like, oh, this is so great. It's so much easier. Trust me when I tell you, once you use an Arca Swiss head, you will never use anything else. You literally will not. Unless you're doing high-end video, then there's a whole other Manfrotto head system that you're probably going to get involved in. But if you're a normal <laughs> human like us and you don't spend $700 just on the sticks, you're going to really like this. This is a really good recommendation. <laughs> and I've already fallen in love with it. And it's on... I, I feel like I feel like there's one tripod I'm missing that I, that I instinctively bought two of these for some reason. I can't find the other one. So, oh, well. <laughs> Um, I think that's going to do it for no this video. episode. No video of the week, real quick. <laughs> All right, we write video of the week. Yes. This is the problem with not doing video of the week first. I always forget I know, it I know. We, we always yeah, we punch out after thing of the week. <laughs> well, the video of the week this week was actually a really easy one that we were going to pick anyway. Yeah. Um, we don't want it to come off like patronage. However. It's a very cool, yeah. It's a very cool video. Um, yeah. And again, I think something really, a really cool project for people in our space that do uh, maybe I'm hinting at it, but do voiceovers or or podcasts or anything where mm-hmm. using a microphone. So our good friend Morley, <laughs> <laughs> um, Morley made a mic stand, and it's not just any mic stand. Like it's wood, it's concrete, mm-hmm. and it is just. I mean, okay. So he starts out the video with pen and paper. Yep. And he literally does the count. Cal- I love that he mentioned that he was an engineer. I didn't yeah, yeah, know exactly. this about. Well, him. you it, again, it, like it's kind of like a Bernie video. It's like <laughs> you can you can just tell that they know what they're doing, and not just yeah. me that like eh, it's close enough, right? <laughs> right. Well, I literally I was telling Beth because we watched it together. I was telling her I'm like you know when I watch a video like this. I think, nope, I would literally mm-hmm. just go, nope, I'm going to make a block of cement yeah. and then make the wood match the block of cement. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, there's there's no way in hell I would have been able to figure out. So he's got, he it took him, what, four sheets of paper? I think so, To yeah. do the calculations, and I'm just like, I don't even know what he's doing right, right. now. I just know he's writing a lot of, like, those hieroglyphics that math people <laughs> write. I don't know what the hell he's writing about, whatever. But, um, yeah, so he basically built this counterbalanced um, adjustable mic stand and there's no actual mechanism that keeps the tripod level. Like keeps... wherever, wherever you want it, right? Yeah, just... you just put it where you want it, and the counterweight is holds it in place. Absolute freaking genius. Absolute it, genius. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it's like mind-boggling. It's like, how does that actually work? And I know it's math and science, but... Well, that's why an engineer does it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So... The one thing that the one thing and Morley, I know you're listening to this because I know you like our podcast. Thank you for being a listener. The one thing he did that just pissed me off. <laughs> okay, so at one point he had these bolts coming up through the concrete base, and he wanted to line up the holes on the plate that was going to go on top. Morley, I'm just going to tell you. I don't know if you know this or if there's a reason you didn't do this or if you just didn't feel like waiting for Amazon to ship them to you. But here's what you could have done to make that go 15 times faster than what he <laughs> did. Okay. They they make something they're called dowel centers, okay. Mm-hmm. And what you do is when you're when yeah. you're using when you're doing dowels or you're doing pins, you put them on top of the dowels and you just press the wood, and they have a point on them. What you could have done, and I'm not telling you how to do your thing. I'm just telling you a way that this could have been half the effort that you ended up putting into it. 
you push down on it, and now it'll mark where all four of those bolts are. And it doesn't matter if they're straight, square, or wherever. Then you just flip over the piece of wood and you drill the hole through where I put the marks, and boom, they're right where the center of those bolts are. So basically, they're little caps that sit on top of the bolts. See, and I have points. And, I, and I've used those, and I didn't think about that. So that's actually... That's, I was yeah, screaming yeah. at my TV. I'm like, Morley, this is so much harder than it needs to be now. Granted, I don't have a set of them. So if I was making this, I would have had to have ordered them. I imagine he probably just doesn't have a set of them. Yeah. And he probably, I literally, if I knew I was doing this, I would have bought a set of them to do this. But other than that, no, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm literally just nitpicking. But it is something I thought of when I was watching the video. But the video is just, it's so good. And it's such a good video. His girlfriend. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say. She's, she's my she's favorite star part of, the video. of the yeah star of the video yeah sorry sorry Morley I mean I know this is your video and everything but your girl stole the show bro yeah. <laughs> she, her enthusiasm was just like so genuine and mm-hmm. um and she was so excited about it and uh, what was the we were talking about like some of the things that she said what what uh I could do a I could do a side bend like this yeah, yeah. And, then, and then I love when she's like gets down and it's like basically on the floor and she's like and I'm still talking into the mic <laughs> it was just so great though but that was a great addition to the video because mm-hmm. it was so genuine and sweet and uh and supportive so yeah yep. really good video i mean and again i've seen a lot of your video leatherworking videos which are also fantastic you know i like them a lot and mm-hmm. it was really it was really cool to see you do a video um with concrete and wood and and also it just shows how much how talented you are bud so yeah morley ser- seriously dude i am i am really glad to have met you and i'm very impressed by the work you do i mean yeah. it's just Especially the leather stuff, and I know that's more Ethan's bag than mine. But watching you, oh, watching it's a totally you just, different kind too. I mean, he does stuff I can't even imagine doing. So I loved, I loved. You know, since we're talking about Morley, when we, <laughs> we do the uh, Morley Kiss Butt Show and the Morley up the uh, Morley Greatest Hits next week, um, the film holster. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I absolutely yeah, loved that, that project. Yeah. I really did. I that was I, I, that almost that could have won. If it yeah. wasn't for Bernie screwing it up with the sprocket, <laughs> that literally would have been the video of the week last week. Yeah, like, for sure. That's how close you came, buddy. I'm sorry you didn't get it last week, but you did get it this week. So <laughs> video of the week, um, the DIY adjustable mic stand for the blue snowball, which, by the way, he says is for the blue snowball. I imagine if yeah. you did the calculations or, you know, oh, I, think I, so. I bet if you hit Morley up, he would help you with the calculations. <laughs> yeah, I'm volunteering sure. him um, because I know the Yeti is a shit ton heavier than the snowball. And it's just I a matter, can, matter of adjusting the calculations. Yeah, right? you probably would just have to adjust either the counterweight or the length of the arm, and that would, I'm sure Morley will correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, listen but I'm to us sure. talking like we know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know, it's just, I watched a YouTube video. I'm an expert now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, go ahead and watch that video. Tell Morley we sent you, and actually subscribe to Morley because he's yeah. got a small channel, and we think he deserves more because he's a, he's a really good guy. Yep. And he does, like, the level of... Cinema, the level of cinematography in his videos, very good. And I'll say one more thing. It, it reminds me of the really, really early uh, Benueta videos where he's just doing things in his small apartment. Mm-hmm. I just got that vibe when I was watching him pour concrete in his like, you know, small one bedroom. Ap- I don't know if it's one bedroom. Oh. Um, oh. One bedroom apartment. So Yes, he was pouring concrete. Morley, Morley, another thing, another thing. Here's, here's what you do in those situations, my friend. You put the water in first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you stir the concrete into the water. I know that's backwards. I know they tell you to do it the other way, but here's the thing, right? It'll hydrate faster if you add the concrete to the water as opposed to adding the water to the concrete. And you won't end up with that constantly having to add water. 
you probably would have had less wa- had to use less water had you started with the water and added the concrete and you will not get dust that way. Yep. Because everything goes straight into the water and it's immediately hydrated. So you'll keep your dust. If you're do- since you're doing this in your house, I'm pretty sure you want to keep your dust down. So that's something you can definitely do. So put the water in the container first and slowly start adding the amount of cement that you're going to need. And what will happen is you're going to end up having to add anyway, but at least you're not going to have all that stray dust as you dump it in and you dump the water in, it kicks up the dust. It's going to be a lot less, it's going to be a lot more contained. There you go. <laughs> all right, cool. All right. Still watch the video. It's still really good. It's awesome. It's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely awesome. Yep. Okay. That's going to do it for this week. We will be back again next week. In fact, Ethan and I are going to be back in about 15 minutes to do this <laughs> all over again. Oy vey. But until then, have a great week, everybody. Um, if you want to contact the show, again, you can contact us now at podcast at becausewemake.com or on the contact form at becausewemake.com. Have a good week. We will be back again next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>